Chapter Six of David Ransom's Watch by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: Opportunity. Mrs. Henry Collins was in her smart little parlor in earnest conversation with her sister, Mrs. Mitchell, and her sister-in-law, Mrs. George Collins. The ladies all wore anxious faces, and the atmosphere, in that subtle way which we feel but cannot describe hinted that the topic under discussion was not only perplexing, but in some respects embarrassing. They were not getting on. The others felt that, when Mrs. Henry Collins repeated what she had already said three times, "'I'm sure I don't know what can be done.' Evidently the others felt that if Mrs. Henry really did not know, certainly they did not, and an ominous silence followed." Mrs. Henry Collins spoke again, almost irritably. "'It isn't possible that any person can expect me, with my large family of little ones and limited means, to add another burden. Henry feels that I have already assumed more than I ought.' Then Mrs. George Collins said a word that had not been spoken before, looking steadily at Mrs. Henry's sister as she did so if any one of us could do anything it would have to be sarah i should think she is the one who has plenty of room and for that matter plenty of other things mrs mitchell thus pointedly referred to laughed nervously but her words were quick and somewhat high-keyed how easy it is to see other people's duties for them and yet it seems to me that people must be getting insane who suppose that i with my poor health could do anything toward looking after a little child of course i am willing to help in any way that i can but to shoulder responsibility is not to be thought of for a moment then mrs henry collins arose to the situation i don't see that any of us are called upon to sacrifice our own families sarah as she says is almost an invalid now and you maria have a boy of about the same age to think of and of course i am out of the question as you all know there is no sense in our beating about the bush in this way what has to be said may as well be said at once i don't see any way but to send the child to the orphan's home it isn't as though he was near of kin joel kingsbury was only a cousin of father collins and his son harlan is of course farther removed still he is nothing at all to me said mrs mitchell but the remark was unfortunate her sister who had just advocated her side turned upon her with some asperity i wouldn't say that if i were you sarah when your husband's father was brought up by old deacon kingsbury and treated as though he was his own child what are cousins compared with such ties if you weren't in poor health i am sure i would think your duty was plain enough mrs mitchell was annoyed and spoke with plainness you are very kind to exonerate me on the score of ill health from a supposed duty but i don't see it in that light my husband's father did his duty by the kingsburys and was a better son to the old deacon than harlan kingsbury was to his father i consider harlan kingsbury a failure myself what has he ever done for the world but marry a girl without constitution or anything else before he was able to support a wife they both died early of course as might have been expected 
and left a sickly boy i presume for others to bring up you know helen that mrs collins told harlan five years ago that he never ought to have married having neither health nor money well said mrs henry collins he did marry and he died and the consequences of both have to be shouldered by somebody of course he was foolish not to have married a girl who could support him since there was no prospect of his being able to support himself but all that can't be helped now mrs george collins arose well she said i must get home i left a dozen things that needed my attention to come here about this matter and after all we haven't accomplished anything unless it is that we have discovered that we each won't do what we can't do you mean said her sister-in-law with a sigh i am sure i wish i were so situated that i could offer the poor child a home then mrs mitchell made the remark of the hour have any of you thought how it would do to appeal to miss hannah miss hannah the two other ladies repeated the name in astonished chorus that was what i said don't you remember that harlan kingsbury spent a winter at the stearns farm that time when he was teaching in the south district and how fond they were of him especially miss hannah people even said at one time that perhaps she was going to marry him i wish she had said mrs mitchell with energy there wouldn't have to be any talk of orphans home in that case i wonder what miss hannah means to do with all her money not a creature of her own kin to leave it to i am sure there are people enough for her to be interested in said mrs henry who could not help thinking of her own five children one of whom on the strength of a very distant relationship between her husband and the stearns family she had named hannah while her second son was hugh stearns collins in honor of miss hannah's father i certainly do not think for a moment of appealing to her for help and i hope none of us will be so bereft of family pride as to do it because we are not able to care for the child ourselves is no reason why we should publish it to the world by begging for him there are public institutions intended for just such cases and if we have to help support them why shouldn't we make use of them here is the very woman we are talking about hitching her horse to your post said mrs george collins turning hastily back from the door and reseating herself the opportunity for an interview with miss hannah was not to be lost for trifles the other ladies were duly interested though mrs henry maintained her dignity refusing even to look out of the window as she explained that miss hannah was probably making use of their hitching post for her horse while she visited the sick neighbor around the corner she was sure she did not know what the neighborhood would do without their hitching post even the doctor tied his horse there but miss hannah instead of crossing to the other corner opened mrs henry's gate and came briskly up her walk the years had changed her while at thirty-one or as ben ransom had put it nearing thirty-two she so little looked her age as to be constantly guessed by strangers to be about twenty-five barely eight years afterwards she looked so fully forty that no one ever guessed her age as less 
and there were those who felt willing to wager that she would never see forty-five again perhaps it was largely a matter of dress miss hannah who had never been what the country people called dressy had grown noticeably plainer in her attire from year to year until now she had all but adopted a uniform at least she was always seen in a black alpaca dress not too fine for steady wear the skirt made straight and plain and reaching only to the tops of her strong farm shoes waist and sleeves never changed their shape no matter what were fashion's dictates both were perfectly plain the sleeves at times larger and then with another season smaller than the prevailing mode but it was the mode that changed not hannah the waist too was plain close-fitting always a little lower in the neck than custom dictated and its wearer had discarded every form of collar as superfluous as for bonnets she had discarded them also and wore that always offensive addition to a middle-aged woman's toilet a large round hat she had bought it seven years before with a view to shading her eyes from the sun's glare and had never changed either its shape or trimming why should i have a new one she had asked her grandmother the only person who ventured to question her ways it was after the hat had seen three years service it isn't worn out and if it fitted my head three years ago it stands to reason that it does now my head hasn't changed its shape why should my hat have to now the hat was nearing the close of its sixth year and in miss hannah's opinion was not yet worn out but the grandmother had gone away there was no one left to question the doings of hannah stearns and her word was law not only among the men who worked the broad acres that were now hers but among most of the people with whom she came in contact if hannah stearns at thirty had been an acknowledged influence in the neighborhood where she lived at forty she might almost have been said to own the neighborhood so regal was her power she had not the name of having sweetened in her nature as she grew older indeed it was a standing joke among the more uncultivated of the farmers that old maid hannah did well not to change her name if she would drop the last s it would fit her to a dot how dreadfully gray she is seems to me that every time i see her she looks five years older mrs george collins had just time to make this remark before miss hannah was ushered in looking as crisp as the november air which ruled outside so you are all together she said briskly contenting herself with a cheerful bow for each and ignoring the easy chair which was hastily moved forward she took the only straight-backed one in the room that saves my time i didn't know but i should have to run around to each of your houses to find out what i want to know i suppose you can tell me about harlan kingsbury's affairs where the child is and how he is left you are the only living relatives i believe the sisters exchanged quick glances they had not been sure that their connection with that unfortunate name was known or remembered why yes said mrs henry collins there is a family connection we had almost forgotten it however the tie is so distant we were just talking over poor harlan's affairs 
it is all very sad there is a child as you say a little fellow not yet three i believe and left utterly penniless and the mother what about her had she relatives to claim the child oh the mother no indeed you knew did you not that the marriage was a sort of mesalliance no said miss hannah with firmness i didn't on the contrary i supposed they were a very happy couple i heard that harlan married a respectable well-brought-up girl who was devoted to him oh she was respectable certainly mrs collins made haste to say and well enough brought up so far as i know but still the family was not like ours you know not what we had been used to the girl was an orphan when harlan married her and was not only without a penny of her own but hadn't even much clothing and no preparation whatever for housekeeping besides she was a frail sickly girl or delicate at least the last person on earth that a poor man like harlan kingsbury ought to have thought of marrying you think he ought to have known enough to choose a wife who could have supported him eh miss stern said perhaps the accident of his having fallen in love with her had something to do with it i am not supposed to know much about these matters but i believe among respectable people there is a sort of prejudice in favor of letting that consideration weigh something however he married her and since we can't change the situation let us hope that he never wanted to our responsibility comes in now what is to be done with the boy which of you is going to take him this was dreadful there was an awkward pause then three eager tongues as each made haste to explain the impossibility of her assuming such a trust mrs mitchell with effort succeeded in getting before miss hannah the fact that she was not a relative even by marriage and mrs george collins immediately said that sometimes the ties of friendship were greater than those of blood especially where there was such tremendous obligation for past kindnesses as the mitchells must feel then you mean said miss hannah interrupting what she perceived was beginning to be a family altercation that you are not going to interfere any of you either now or later with the disposal of the child that so far as you are concerned he may go to an orphan's asylum and stay as long as they are of a mind to keep him is that about it why of course said mrs henry collins if the time should ever come when we could do anything for him we should be but with my large family and unusually heavy responsibilities mr collins's mother lives with me you know i don't you don't think it at all probable that such a time will ever come i don't believe it will and you think the same she had turned to mrs george collins i am quite sure of it said that lady with decision i was never a devoted admirer of harlan kingsbury and i did not approve of his marriage in the least no matter how deeply in love he may have been my own opinion is that in this as in all other things people should exercise common sense for a man in his circumstances to make the kind of marriage he did was to fly in the face of providence what has happened is just what was to have been expected 
and I don't feel the slightest sense of responsibility with regard to his child. If I hadn't a boy of my own to think about, I might do something for this one, but it would be in the interests of humanity, and not because I felt under any obligation to do so. Very well, said Miss Hannah, rising. Then my way is clear, and I shall act in the interests not only of humanity, but of friendship. I didn't want to interfere with other people's rights, but since you don't any of you feel that you have any, there will be no danger. I shall take the boy at once and bring him up on the farm. His father was very fond of farm life. I am going to town this afternoon, and I may as well make the arrangements without delay and send for him. I understand that the neighbors who are looking after him now are waiting for some of us to act. I have been thinking for some time of taking a child, and I consider myself fortunate in having Harlan Kingsbury's son. I always liked Harlan. I thought of it as soon as I heard of his wife's death, but I was afraid the relatives would think I had no right to the child. I am much obliged to you for clearing the road so completely. I feel now that I have a right to act as though he hadn't a friend in the world but me." She gave the three astonished women no chance to express their views. Indeed, they had to follow her to the hall to hear the closing words, and before they had recovered from their spell, she had climbed up into her spring wagon and driven rapidly away. End of chapter 6